right, good morning. How's everybody doing? Man, it's not too long ago I was up here with you guys, and so I'm, I'm back. So I'm glad you guys, thank you for having me. Um, today's going to look a little different. You're right, Pastor Dean is back there with the kids. He's having a blast. Uh, I get to be here with you, um, watching you guys while he's back there having fun. And um, it's fine. I wish I was back there, but it's okay. But uh, you're welcome, yes. Uh, but here's the thing. Today, last Friday, we started with Drop Zone. We had uh, a lot of weird weather that we weren't going to have it, then we did, and then we were like, well, should we do it? And we're like... Okay, we're doing it. So we had drop zone, which is what we do is we take a lift 46 feet in the air and we just drop things off of it. A TV, plates, uh, watermelons, uh, two liter like things of soda. It's so cool. Kids love it. And um, so we did. And so we take it up and the whole idea behind it is that in Psalms, it says that we can cast our cares onto the Lord. And so that's what we were doing. We were just casting our cares. We were casting fear. We were casting worry. We were casting anxiety. We were casting um, anything that kids deal with because they do deal with a lot. And we just give them to God. We just toss it over and say, God, this is on you because you care for us. Uh, I want to say thank you to the fire department for coming out. Um, They did. uh, The kids had no idea. We asked them to come out. As a surprise, they were on call. And so if they got a call, they had to leave anyway. But they were able to be there, and they took their ladder from the fire truck 109 feet in the air and then dropped a few things from there. The kids' jaws were on the floor. It was amazing. Uh, And then Almighty Painting, they donated a lot of paint that we were able to drop. We made like a canvas-looking thing for the kids. It was a great night. Douglas Bates, I did not know the fear you actually had for heights until we were 46 feet in the air. This dude is gripping the rails. And I'm like, man, hey, would you mind going up with me? Um, And he was like, yeah, whatever you need. I'm like, great, did not know. I was like, you afraid of heights? I thought he was joking. We get up there and this dude's like, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) And we had a blast. And so we're just keeping the fun going today. Like I said, Pastor Dean's back there. He is teaching these kids the big five in, in what we believe. Every kid's got a shirt. It says, I believe. No church logo, no other slogan, just I believe. The idea behind it is that if people see the shirt, they ask, what do you believe? Can you imagine a city we can live in if our kids are going into their schools and they know the big five and what they believe, that he came, he died, he rose, he lives, he is Lord. And if they could tell their friends this, if they have the boldness and the courage to step into their schools and say, man, there's a God that loves me and he has the same love for you too. Guys, I want to go back there because I'm just getting chills because... (laughs) I'm, I'm telling you, there's something powerful knowing every week we're back there and we see God move in these kids' hearts. We see God move and he is. There's no junior Jesus. I'm getting fired up and I got a whole message to preach uh, because God's powerful and he loves kids and we love kids here. And I'm so thankful that I get to be a part of a church that has a heart for kids. So thank you, Pastor Kim and Dean, for trusting me with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could preach a whole message on that alone. Uh, But the big five, he came. God sent his one and only son because he loved us so much to pay for all of our mistakes and our sins. Second point is that he died. He died on a cross, was nailed to it. And when he did, he took all of our sins and all of our mistakes as a sacrifice for us. Number three is that he rose. He rose from the grave three days later. And he walked the earth for 40 days before he sent it into heaven. This is just the kids' notes. I haven't even got it started yet. Uh, he lives. God is alive and he desires to have a relationship with every single one of us. And the f- fifth thing is that he is Lord. That we have chosen to make 
God, the Lord of our life, and since that day, we have never been the same. These are what your kids are getting to know, and if they know these five, and they take them into their schools, into the grocery store, because you know the clerks are always talking to your kids, right? They're like, oh, sweetie, you know, and they see that shirt, and we have shirts for sale. If you guys want to be a part of this, they're right out there. They're 10 bucks uh, every Friday. Encourage you to wear them. They're, you just it's kind of cool when you see somebody. I remember when I was a kid, um, we used to go to the Bible bookstore and we would get the shirts that had like the cool like Pepsi logo, but then it had like a cool Christian, you know, Christianese logo. You know what I'm talking about? And if I saw someone else that had one of those, it was like, oh, it boosted my faith a little bit to be like, you're a Christian too? You know what I'm saying? Am I, I'm the only one? Okay, it's fine. Um, but you know what? There's something cool that happens when you see someone that's standing alongside of you in faith. And the other cool thing about it is, too, you'll, you'll meet people out that you didn't know that go, went to church with you. It's like, you go to church? What service? Second. Oh, I go to first. Okay, you know. Uh, and so that's the idea. Grab you a shirt. Um, I believe he came, he died, he rose, he lives, he is Lord. The big five. Your kids are learning those today. Um, but what I want to talk about today is kind of along the same things of belief what I believe and what you guys believe because believing matters. Um, it's kind of funny. I've been prepping for this message for a couple weeks and I knew the theme was going to be, I believe. I knew that, you know, the, the avenue that I wanted to go. And uh, last time I was up here with you guys, I told you that I play basketball uh, and I'm in a city league and uh, our team's not great. We're Owen. We're 0-5, it's fine. Um, we're, just a, we're just a bunch of group of guys that never played together. They were like, hey, we want to play. So we just all jumped on the same team. 0-5, okay, zero wins, five losses. And we're playing the team that beat us by 30 three weeks ago. This is the team we're playing. This is Thursday night. And I walk into the gym and a guy that I normally play with, uh, just pick up, not in the league, was walking. He's like, you playing next? I was like, yeah. He's like, are you with this team? I was like, no, I'm with the other team. And he goes, well, you think you can win? I was like, yeah, not really. And he goes, oh, you don't believe? I was like, oh. <laughs> Knowing I'm preaching on believing here today, I was like, oh, God. Uh, you know, God has a sense of humor that he does those things. And um, no joke, I was like, okay, God, I see you. And so I just was like, you know what? We could have a shot. We won by seven points. Yes. Oh, my God. Thank you. I did not expect that reaction, but I'm just saying, whoo, all that to say that God has a sense of humor and he definitely, he played me uh, Thursday night. So uh, believing matters. We can look at the last couple years, even out of the context of scripture, out of the context of what you believe spiritually, believing matters. Last couple years, we, people's beliefs have been shown a lot more visibly than before. Mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine. And it has caused a lot of strife between people. History has shown us that wars have been waged over what we believe. Right? Believing matters. We're going to go to John three sixteen through 18. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes Hold on, we're going to back up. We're going to start this over. When you see the word, will you say it for me? Okay, cool. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Verse 18. Whoever in him is not condemned, but whoever does not stands condemned already because they have not in the name of God's one and only son. You see, it doesn't say that whoever brings the most people to church gets into heaven. It doesn't say who does the most community service hours gets into heaven. It doesn't say who prays for the most people gets into heaven. What does it say? Whoever 
believes. Believing matters. And this brings us to our fourth point is that believing is the only gateway to God. I saw this video uh, a couple days ago and it, and it said that pastors in, as a whole need to do a better job of separating the word of God and what God is saying from their opinion of the word. And so for the next couple minutes, I just want to talk about some things that I've just had questions about with God and it's not really biblical, but I just feel like God's speaking to me about a few things and to kind of help me understand. Does that make sense? Are you okay if I do that? I, my question was, was like, God, why do you do so many miracles? You did more miracles in, in the New Testament than you did messages. And that was my big question. Like, why did you do more miracles than messages? Look at Lazarus. This dude died. Three days later, Jesus comes walking into town. He said, roll the stone out of the way. Lazarus come forth and he raised him from the dead. Why did he do that if he knew in X amount of years later, he was going to die anyway? Why did he heal all the sick people? It's not like it kept them from dying. They still ended up dying. This is what I believe, is that he did all these miracles so that people would believe. After Lazarus was raised from the dead, they were sitting in a house, and people were rushed to where they were, not only to see Jesus, but to see if Lazarus was really raised from the dead. And it said in Scripture that once they got there and saw, they believed. John chapter 14, it, it says Jesus is talking to the disciples and he says as he's talking to them, he's telling them what's coming. He's saying, hey, I'm going to go away for a little bit. This is the new King Jameson version. So this is just, so just bear with me. Um, he said, hey, I'm going to be peacing out for a little bit. When I come back, I'm bringing a gift and we're going to have a party. We're going to have a good time, but be ready for when I come back. And the disciples were like, God, or Jesus, why are you telling us this? And he said, I'm telling you this so that when I do come back, you will believe. believe. Believing matters. And what we believe has to be solid. See, I'm not talking about what you know, because what you know changes all the time. See, the Bible says, don't lean on your own understanding, because what we know always changes. When I was in uh, school, Pluto was the ninth planet. It's, it, then it was a star. I don't know what it is now. It could be a planet again, but not to make fun of, but I'm just saying like what we know is always changing. And, and our knowledge, and, and it's good to know, it's good to grow our knowledge in the word. It's good to grow our knowledge, but that always changes. Our belief system can't change. Our belief system has to be rooted in God. And, and people, I've made a mistake before. It happens that people make a God out of, uh, of other things. They make a God out of their family. They make a God out of their church, out of their pastors, and they put their belief in them. And I'm here to tell you, as a pastor, it will fail you 10 times out of 10. Because people are human. <laughs> people are human, yes. We're all human, and we make mistakes, but God is the one thing that doesn't change. Knowledge changes. God does not change. His word does not change, and we have to believe in his word and stand on his word because that's the only thing that does not change. Amen? Believing matters. Number two, you can't change your behavior until you change what you believe. You can't. We're going to go right into our third point. Our third point is that Satan wants to attack what you believe. And this is going to prove point number two. In Genesis chapter two, Adam and Eve are in the garden. And man, I, I struggle with this one because they had one rule. <laughs> Guys, they lived in a world where there was only one rule that they had to abide by. 
And they were not allowed to eat from the tree that was in the center of the garden, the knowledge of good and evil. God said, don't eat from that tree. Imagine a world <laughs> we could live in if there was just one rule. We'll, we'll, go past, we'll get past that. Uh, but that was their only rule. That was it. And in, in chapter 3, verse 1, it says that, that Satan came in the form of a certain serpent, and he was crafty with his words. He knew what he was doing. He slithered up to Eve. Slither, this, slither. Okay, sorry. I, sorry, okay. We'll get past it. Um, went up to Eve, and he whispered, and he said, did God really say you couldn't eat from that tree? What was he doing? He was going after what she believed. She knew that this was the only thing that God said I couldn't do. He said, did he really say that? She said, yes. He said, really what he meant to tell you was that if you ate from this tree, you would have the same knowledge that God does. What did he do? He attacked what she believed, and he made a crack in what she believed because he can't, you can't change a behavior until you change what you believe, even on the good side, good or bad. He changed what she believed, and everything filtered from there. Her behavior changed. They ate from it, and sin came into the world. He had to change her behavior in order to change what she, I'm sorry, had to change her belief before she changed her behavior. He wants to attack your mind. He wants to get in there. If he can confuse you, if he can take the word and manipulate it and say you're the exception to what God says about you, he's one. He's not after your things. He's not after the, the materialistic things that we have. He's not after your money. It will filter through that and it will affect some of those things, but he's after your mind. What you believe matters. Say, I believe. I believe. And another thing we can't do is we can't base our, we can't, act out of emotion. I want you to hear me on this because emotions are good. God moves and he's touching our hearts and, and that's great. But there are people I've been a part of, no one here for sure, that come into church and they're like, man, they're all over the place. They're like bawling, they're rolling, they're doing the thing. And then they go out and during the week, they're like, yo, I just saw you at church. And it's week after week. You're like, you're just acting out of emotion when you come in here. Do you know what I'm saying? There's good emotion and what God can work through and he's dealing with our emotions and stuff like that. But then there's like, you just get in, get in the worship set. And I mean, we went to a, the um, Kirk Franklin and, and Maverick City concert a couple weeks ago. And I was in my emotions, man. I was just like, yeah, you know, I was grooving. And that's different. God's not moved by our beliefs. It says that Esau sought repentance with many tears and found it not. He's not after our emotions. He's after our beliefs. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Yeah. Number four, it says we have to upgrade our belief system. We have to upgrade our belief system. And what happens is, is that we, we're going to read it here in the scripture in a second, that we want to do things. We want what God has for us. We want all the blessings. We see the scripture that there is just blessing after blessing waiting for us. But God will not give you something that you're looking for until you upgrade your belief system because you will not be able to handle it with the same belief system that you have. John chapter 3, 19, verse 21. It says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Verse 20. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Isn't it funny that like the deepest things that we keep in the dark, we're trying to hide from people, but the person who loves us the most and cares about us the most already knows these things. 
And you know what he's saying? Even though he knows all of your dirty secrets, I still love you. No matter what. There's nothing you can do to do that. But what do we do? We walk around and things that we struggle with, things that we deal with, we just carry with us. When I was a kid, I, uh, my parents got divorced um, around 11 or 12. And um, it did something in me that I didn't really know. And mom, I know you're watching. This has nothing to do with you. This is all eternally that I've been working on over this last year. And I, I feel comfortable sharing it with you guys. But what I, what I did was it, 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 it put a trust issue in my heart that um, it made me doubt people uh, all the time to where I, I treated them differently where I treated, uh, it, it, I treated people differently, how, how they act towards me, uh, what I believed. I was just rude with relationships. I was just rude with people. I had, I, I had trust issues. And there was this huge insecurity in my heart. And instead of bringing it out into the light and giving it to God, I just tucked it away and I just carried it. People say that, that things, things that are alive grow, but mold is also alive, and it grows. And what we try to do is that we try to put a, something good on top of it, like, oh, I went to church, and, and I, you know, I, gotta, I went to church, and you try to put something good on top of it, but mold's just going to grow right through that and infect that thing too. And you keep going on, and then you just keep stacking things on top of it, whether it's insecurity, whether it's doubt, whether it's fear, whether it's... I mean, you, you name it. You, I'm not alone in this, right? You, you guys are hearing me. And what we do is we keep stacking things on top of each other, and we get to this point where we're like, if this is all that life is, then I'm good. I'm making it. I'm doing okay. I'm the exception. God talks all these scriptures, and he says that I have come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. But you know what? If I'm the only one sitting here feeling like sometimes life isn't, that abundant, then I must be the exception. Am I the only one in here this morning? What happens is as life goes on and we just push things down on top of it, we think that we're okay because it gets so hard that when something hard hits it, it just sits there. And it doesn't affect us anymore, but it just builds and it builds and we believe that, 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 that we don't believe what God is saying, that we believe what people say about us, that we have insecurities I'll tell you right now, my biggest one is insecurity. That's this guy sitting right here. I care way too much what people think about me. I care way too much what my bosses think about me, what my wife thinks about me. Even to the point last night, my wife came up here as I was practicing, and I was so scared to give this to her because I wasn't ready. I was like, it's not going to be good, and she's going to look at me weird. My wife, (laughs) we just celebrated four years. And I sit here and I hold on to all these things and I just convince myself that this is the way life's supposed to be. But the Bible says that life has come so that we may have it, and God has come so we may have life more abundantly and that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. A couple, about 11 years ago, we were at a family vacation with some of my family and um, My cousins, they just adopted a puppy. It was a rescue puppy, and she was skin and bone. She had been beaten. She had been left without food, left in the cold. They lived in Pennsylvania, so it was very cold. And she just had a traumatic past to the point where they brought her, and she would not go near anybody. 
the, the crick of a door, she would sprint and pee and just run everywhere. She was so afraid of everyone because of what's happened in her past. And I was talking to my cousin. He's like, dude, if she could just know one thing, that she would never have to worry about where her next meal comes from. She would never have to worry about being beat or kicked or left outside in the cold. If I could let her know one thing is that she's so loved now and that what's happened in her past is behind her and that she can move on if she would just trust us. Guys, we're that dog. We're that dog with our past, all the things that we carry. We can't feel anything because of what's happened in our past. And God's saying that I love you, even though you're holding on to all this baggage. And if you will trust the word that says you are fearfully and wonderfully made, if you will believe that God says that you are his one and only child and that you were created in his image, if you will believe that you are not the exception and that you are designed and you were knitted in, his, in your mother's womb, by his hand. We can have a life to where we can believe and we can have freedom from all these things. We can let it go and give it to God, but it starts with what you believe. So my question to you is, what do you believe? What do you believe? Do you believe that he came? Do you believe that God sent his one and only son for you? That we may have life and have it more abundantly? Do you believe that he died? Do you believe that he was nailed to a cross for our sins, for the sins that we've made or the sins that we will ever make? Do you believe that, that you, he had you in mind when he was sitting up there? Do you believe that he rose? Do you believe the miracle that three days later he rose from the grave and defeated sin and that same power that he rose from the grave with is in you? That same power, we can have that same power. We can stand on God's word and say, God, I am not the exception. I'm created in your image. And devil, you can't have my thoughts. You can't have my beliefs. You can't have my family because I am standing on your word and your word is true and it does not change. If we could get our belief system to be rooted in that, we won't be moved. We won't be waver when storms come. I used to pray, God, would you just take it away? Would you just take it away? But I've learned to say, God, will you just get me through it? Because there's, there's knowledge that comes. There's, there's a growth that happens when you get through something and you can look back and say, man, God, God brought me through that. It's easy to look at the road you have to, to, to get where you wanna be, but then sometimes we gotta turn around and say, look how far I've come. You know what I'm saying? Do you believe that he rose? Do you believe that that same power is inside of you? Do you believe that he lives? Do you believe that, that you, he could have that and live inside of you? Because I guarantee you right now, those kids are getting amped up right now and they're gonna come home and they're gonna be fired up and they'll be like, God, God lives inside of me, dad. God lives inside of me, mom, grandma, whoever it is. And I promise you, as a leader, I don't, I'm not a parent yet, but as a leader, you can't take anyone where you haven't been before. So if you're a parent in here, I wanna I want encourage you, you gotta know, you gotta believe. And you got to have that foundation because they're going to look to you. They're going to turn to you. I get them one hour a week. If you come every week for a whole year, that's less than three days. You get them for the rest. We're going to help you as much as we can. But you guys got to believe and you guys got to know and stand on that word because they're going to look to you. Do you believe that he is Lord? Have you made the decision to make him Lord of your life? Have you made that decision to say, God, 
I'm tired of carrying all this baggage. I'm tired of carrying all these things that have been weighing me down. And God, I want to believe in your word. It's not an emotional thing. It's a mindset change to where you say, you know what? I'm changing what I believe. I want to ask you guys a question this morning. If, if you're here and you haven't believed that, that's okay. You still get a chance because God's here God's ready and he's saying, all you have to do is just believe in me. Believe that I came, believe that I died, believe that I rose, believe that I live and believe that I am Lord. On count of three, if you wanna make that decision to make Lord of your life, I wanna pray with you. I wanna, uh, we're gonna have someone come over to you and just pray with you. But if that's you and you wanna make that decision this morning, we just lift your hand right now? We got one over here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can we stand real quick, please? So I'm not as flowing in this as Pastor Dean is. He probably would have had you stand earlier. <laughs> We're going to pray. God is Lord. Amen. Do you believe that? Say, I believe. Pray, Father, we love you. God, we thank you today. God, thank you for being so, so good in our lives today, Father. God, right now we just turn our hearts to you. And God, not out of emotion, but out of a belief system. God, we say that we believe in you. We believe you came. We believe you died. We believe you rose. We believe you live. And God, we believe you are our Lord and Savior. We thank you for that today. We pray that in your name. And everybody said. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed the service. If you live here in Colorado Springs or you're going to be in the city, I hope that you'll come and experience the service firsthand. And for those of you that are enjoying the ministry and you're being fed to on a weekly basis, I invite you to partner with us financially and make an investment into the mission and the vision of Rock Family Church. And lastly, if you've never made a commitment and a decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, would you make that decision today? Why wait till tomorrow? Why wait till next weekend? I dare you to pray this prayer with me. Would you close your eyes? Would you pray this prayer with me and repeat it? It goes like this. Pray this with me. Say, dear God, forgive me of all of my sins and mistakes. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I invite him to be the Lord of my life. Thank you for loving me and forgiving me. My life is now in your hands. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. Hey, thanks for making that commitment. Will you email us at info at rockfamilychurch.com. Tell us about your new decision to stand up big and live strong for Jesus Christ. We'd love to celebrate with you. God bless you guys. We'll see you next weekend.